Okay, today's episode of Kind of Movie Critics is highly inspired by the newest comedy album from the comedy legend T.K. Kirkland. It's titled Who Raised You? Okay, so we do a lot of inside jokes and a lot of little, you know, bits from this actual comedy special, which is funny as hell. It's about an hour long. It's really, really funny, man. And uh, we don't want you to miss out on any of the jokes or any of the conversation because you haven't heard this comedy special. So, again, uh, it's called Who Raised You by T.K. Kirkland. You need to purchase it or stream it. Uh, it's available on Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere that you get music or your comedy albums. So uh, make sure you support the kind of movie critics by supporting T.K. Kirkland's Who Raised You. It's funny as hell. You won't be mad that you purchased it. Okay? So uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please be advised. The, the Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. Yo, yo, this is Treasy. It's Martin the Mailman. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are here, kind of movie critics. We're we're not just here, but we're here with a motherfucking legend. Mr. T to the motherfucking cat. <laughs> Let's show the love, everybody. Let's get the clapping going. Yeah. Let's get the energy in the room. Let's get the energy in the room. First and foremost, man, I, I, I got to thank you, man. You know, like, not to put you out there like that, but I called you, or we sent you a message. This is actually Jay. This is the one who she sent you a message. Hey, Jay. You responded. I called. You picked up within two rings on top of that. Mm-hmm. Not even 30 seconds into the conversation, man. What time do I need to be there? And that's that that was pretty much the gist of the conversation. What time do I need to be there? Yes, sir. And send me the address, man. Yep. I gotta say that 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 may be the realest nigga move. Right now, Nipsey Hustle is my favorite nigga <laughs> in the industry in terms of the realest. Yes. You might have just put yourself right above him with that it. move. I appreciate man. So it. So thank you for spending your time and coming yes, out sir. here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Chill with the kind of movie critics crew. So um if if, if y'all are not familiar with TK Kirkland, man, he is uh Apparently, the most interesting man, and he's he's the Forrest Gump of hip hop. Okay, <laughs> yes sir. It yes, seems sir. like every yeah. situation in hip hop, he uh, or every person in hip hop, he somehow somehow has ties to him. True, you know? true story. Uh, I guess, yeah. So, uh, so uh, talk a little bit about yourself, man, just so the people know before we get into the movies. Well, to everybody, you know, to you young kids out there that still come up in the game, I started out with one of the most phenomenal rap groups in the world, uh, N.W.A. Wow. Straight out of Compton with Easy E, Ice Cube, and all of them. And um, that was just a great moment how everything took off, you know. Um, I got into the comedy game because of um, I met Keenan Ivy Wayans. Mm. And at that time, I was looking, I, I was skinny, you know, I had the Eddie Murphy mustache. <laughs> and, me and, and he thought me and Eddie looked exactly alike. Mm. So I started hanging out with Eddie Murphy and all those guys up at the house when he was doing Beverly Hills Cup. I'll show you pictures when we're done. And... Um, what really got me into stand up comedy, I had robbed Eddie Murphy and his brother, Charlie Murphy. And well, you he, robbed him? Like, stuck him up? Yeah, Rob. Uh, uh, if y'all let me talk. Oh, shit. My bad. My bad. Y'all <laughs> reacting. I'm trying to explain to you story. And um, it, it led to a huge fight. And believe it or not, that fight changed my life because I wasn't even thinking about doing stand up at the time. And I wound up doing stand up comedy. Never saw Charlie Murphy ever since then to apologize about the situation. But I did get to t- apologize to Eddie Murphy one night. Um, I was really successful. I had my Bentley. He has Rolls Royce. We happened to be at the same party at the same time. As a matter of fact, they sit us right in the same section, VIP. Mm-hmm. Um, he was with a couple of dudes. I had a bad bitch because I always keep a bad bitch breathing on okay. me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, and I went over to him and apologized about what had happened. And he was very forgiving and all that kind of stuff. And matter of fact, they wasn't even really thinking about it no more. It's just that over the years, by me always staying relevant and being a great stand-up comedian, people, my name has always been in comedian's mouth. So if someone said, hey, that T.K. Kirk is funny, somebody would try to sh- devalue my growth by saying, oh, yeah, but did you know he did X, Y, and Z? Aww. So then by the time I got to do the um, Breakfast Club, because I really wasn't going to do that as well, my son said to me, Dad, you should do the breakfast club. But I had known Charlemagne and them for years. And, um, and I didn't want to do it because mm-hmm. they were like kids to me. I'm like, I ain't doing no damn fucking breakfast club. <laughs> right. And um, once I went on that show and uh, my numbers was huge, 
because I, I'm just a real motherfucker, and the, the world picked up on that. Mm-hmm. And the numbers were so huge that they asked me to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do the podcast either because I thought that shit was beneath me. Right. And I used to always say, yo, I ain't doing no iPod, you know, all that. <laughs> that's what I kept saying. Like, I ain't doing no damn iPod. That's old nigga shit right And it there. took two years for me to, to do that, and then I wound up doing that. He became executive producer of it. And, you know, I've been changing people's lives ever since January. Mm. I'm putting people on, getting them jobs, um, 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 putting young men on the right track and teaching men to be better men with their women, (laughs) but really teaching men to be better men to themselves. That's fly right mm-hmm. that, That's what the game needs more of. Like yes. a little bit more guidance, man. Right. So, yeah. You know, that kudos to you for doing that, man. Yes, that's important. Uh, Charlemagne, man, I tell you, man, a lot of people don't give him credit. A lot of people like to hate, but I, I really think Charlemagne is probably one of the most prolific, you know, young black leaders we have right now. Oh man. no, I've I've seen whatever he's done and reverberate into the universe. Just he's like, Hey, I like you, you have something, I'm gonna help you. Right. And that's right, really right. all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good kid. Mm. He's a good kid for that's, sure. That's really dope, man. That's really dope. Um, j- just to get into this before we get into the movies and stuff, you have a new uh, a new comedy album out. Right, it's called Who Raised, Who Raised You, you? and um, it debuted number ten on Billboard. Hey. So I'm excited about that. So is everybody listening, please, they, I'm nominated for a Grammy. So I yes. want people to yeah, some fly shit. Really? Yeah. So um, I want people if you don't never heard of me, make sure you go get Who Raised You on iTunes title. Amazon and listen to it for yourself yeah. from beginning to end. This yeah. shit is fire. You on Spotify to too. I listened to it yeah, yesterday. It's hilarious. Too. Yeah, from yeah. beginning to end. Who the, raised you? Listen, the bit about we, we were talking about this Lizzie, the bit about the, the washcloths <laughs> no, and the towels. <laughs> oh, so yeah. That's the, some real yeah, shit. Yeah, right the whole washcloth well, towel <laughs> game got to be up to par. Some yeah. niggas you know? don't have a towel or a washcloth to speak of. Like. I know, but the joke really is about females. <laughs> so, one thing I try to do is keep people in that lane right. until mm-hmm. we put a signal on. So, no disrespect, we're not really talking about guys. We're talking about the female. And we're not to put females down. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's what the joke is about. And whenever I talk about one particular thing, what I, I think I'm great at is not allowing people to take the subject and go all over the place because that's when confusion starts. I keep everybody in that one lane until we find a solution or till we move on. So it's not true. It's just the oh, way my, my it's the my way bad. my mind is trained. Because people will take you another direction. No, listen, TK. Any any opportunity you get. To slam Lizzie, please do, because she do always that. puts me in the headlock Don't in these that. motherfucking shows. No, she's a nice girl. She's, she just ain't really met a real G before, that's all. <laughs> oh, God. Well, see, listen, now, yeah, now, 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 now that's a... Don't do this shit. Don't do this shit. <laughs> oh, that was insult to me, TK. No, it's not an insult to you. That's the thing, though. Like, we count how far into the podcast before he reminds us that he's the realest nigga. Right, right, right. I was right. waiting when you brought the whole mm. Nipsey Hussle thing. I was like, you going to search yourself into this list? When's that going to fucking happen? Well, I didn't, man, because a real nigga walked into the room. He's the OG. So if there's a nigga realer than you, then you're not the realest nigga. Well, you're right. I'm oh, the realest okay. nigga. But when I walk back out the room, yeah, but, but when I walk back exactly. out, he'll, he'll go back to being again. a real nigga. Right. Just like you being a fine woman. Thank but you. if you walk around the corner, there's another fine bitch, then you was the fine you woman. was the fine bitch. <laughs> but when that bitch leaves, guess what? You go back to being the fine girl of the world. That's how that shit works. <laughs> it's just how it works. <laughs> so um, also, man, real quick, there's a street named after you in Jersey? Yes, in it's Jersey called City? Kirkland Ave. You know, and I got that by really being a hustler because the people um, that gave it to me knew about my criminal history. Mm-hmm. And because I got back on track and pursued doing good things, they wanted people to know that uh, everybody's born with a destiny and that you can get off track and still get back on track and still achieve your goal. Right. right so that's sure. why, I, why that's how I wound up getting it. That's dope right there, man. We pray to God that your street don't end up like Martin Luther King Street in every hood. Well, most likely the, it will. <laughs> be the most crime <laughs> everywhere. But the coal is, is Kirkland Ave, so that's a beautiful thing. Kirkland Ave, that's dope, yeah, man. Yeah, Kirkland Ave. So uh, real quick, man, um, like I was saying, the, the first, well, I think I said this off air, the first time I heard of you was the Loonies album. I think yes. it was... Uh, Lunatic music, I want to say that was the name yes, of it. Yes. You, did a, you did a skit and you were talking some game and shit like that. So that led me to the belief that maybe you would be interested in a little bit of pimp conversation. Yeah, uh, I'm down with any okay. any pimp conversation, absolutely. So, Martin, uh, a show that you and I have sort of marveled over. Lizzie, have you started watching The Deuce yet? Yeah, I started watching it. Uh, the Deuce, you know, man. You know how I feel about depictions of us. I, 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 I haven't finished it yet, so I'm going to give it a chance to be balanced. But I but... like what you said head on when I was coming in, like when they were jacking off on their faces. <laughs> like, I got to go find that now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's episode, was episode, episode two, two, I think. Two, yeah. Yeah. Episode two? Yeah. That's like the second episode? Yeah, yeah. season one. Okay, no, season one. So Okay, so the show, the show is about like... 
it's it's set in the, what is it seventies, Martin? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it's like seventies. It's the seventies. Y'all guys don't know street. about that. It is seventies. Yeah. So Forty Second Street, the dudes, yeah, right? yeah. Because and, and, and the the Forty Second Street was horrible. It was crazy. Like. You know, I used to hang out in, uh, in the hood. They used to have my sheepskin coat on oh, and coat and have the sheepskin hat. Uh-oh. And it was me still trying to find myself. Mm. Because you can get caught up thinking that's the life, mm-hmm. but in actuality, it's nothing. Mm. You think it's something, but it's truly nothing. It's just a look and you're hustling and it's really, it leads to nowhere. But I had to actually, actually go stand out there. A couple of times just to see what I was missing, right. and I realized I ain't missing the motherfucking thing. But the movie is exactly how it used to be back in the day. Okay, mm-hmm. so so well then this this thing this particular piece concentrates on the transition from like how how it went from like the pimping and prostitution to the pornography industry right. on Forty Second Street. So um, that's kind of what the Deuce is about, and it's created by the guys who created The Wire, uh, David Simon and George oh, Okay, Pelicanos. all right, cool. Did you watch The Wire? I watched The Wire. The Wire might have been the number one best show te- ever hit television, man. Yeah, no, until Power came along. You like Come Power? Come on, man. man. Let me tell you something. I had respect for you. No, go ahead. Keep Power going. is so cold, brother. So we, the, we, the thing, see, the thing about The Wire uh-huh. that it was only good when my man came into the scene. The dude that didn't talk too much. What's his name? Which Marlo. Uh, Marlo. 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 Oh, yeah. Marlo, Marlo was cold, oh, yeah, Marlo brother. Marlo was cold as fuck. Marlo was motherfucking yeah. cold. He was gangster. And other than that, the movie had missing pieces to me. Okay. What makes power so phenomenal is that you can never truly predict the outcome. See, when a, when, when, yeah. a, when an episode comes on and you think you think... You know what's gonna happen next week, mm-hmm. and they totally fool your ass because you think that you know mm. and you don't know. That's the gift of being a great writer, mm. it, to lead your audience a whole nother direction. But yet you get ready to do something else, and the way they don't use Fifty so much. Mm. See, Fifty's not a great great actor, but because they insert him in little bits and pieces at a time, mm-hmm. makes him phenomenal. And when you look at the depths of that, down to um, what they're wearing, down to the scenery behind, it's done and always during the winter. Mm-hmm. So their clothes that they wear is fashionable. You ever know that show is never done in the summer? Mm. Mm. I never thought about that. Okay. See, I'm taking you deep. See, I, I see things y'all don't see. Uh, apparently, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, so the thing is, it's always done in the winter. Why? Because they can wear the coats. The ties, the scarves, the girls can wear the bags, mm-hmm. the jackets. It's, it's, it's strategically planned. Okay. All right? It's strategically planned. And um, it's also a story about a man always getting caught up about pussy. Mm. See, pussy has always story. been the downfall mm-hmm. to all niggas. And what I try to use in that show is, see, any man get money, any nigga done be an entertainer or basketball player, your, your discipline comes that you shouldn't be fucking. You mm. shouldn't even be in a relationship. Because all that is a distraction. It can it, it's a gift and a curse. Yeah, you want a family, you wanna say that you love this girl at the house, but if, if one thing goes wrong, your mindset, the way you move, everything is thrown out of whack. So it's best to stay single for a while. Enjoy because people don't understand the word settle. Settle means you've done every fucking thing you've done. Now it's time to settle. Mm. You know, you kids want to sell it at 25 and 27. <laughs> ain't been no motherfucking where. You ain't been to Germany. You ain't been to Paris. Mm-hmm. You know, just want to, the girls want to lift their legs back and fuck. Niggas just want to nut. Y- y'all got the whole game fucked up. Golly. You got to go out here and, and, and enjoy this shit and really make it happen. Right. And that's what you got to do, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's very important. Well, you kind of, I'm not going to get into how much... I was on the power train until about season four. Yes. Then it started getting a little, little, a little out of control, ridiculous. Explain. Okay, so um, I was on the board. I was on. I was on par with you in terms of like the storyline, the progression of it, things mm-hmm. of that nature. But what started well, first and foremost, the Tommy character. I'm not really on board with the Tommy character. Tommy was kind of horrible at first. Yeah. His acting has gotten better the third and fourth year. Well, see, okay, so. So they did something to me that kind of made me turn my eyes to whole season four mm-hmm. with Tommy. I always said that Tommy was like, he's a white boy doing 
a Joe Pesci impersonation mm-hmm. of somebody like a white boy from New York. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? So it's like he was trying to act like how Joe Pesci would act if he was doing some, you know, some mobster shit in New York. Mm-hmm. But the whole time he's Irish, right? Mm-hmm. So, but he's doing like this fucking over the top Godfather sort of, mm-hmm. right? And then season four comes, and what we get introduced to his father, right? Right. And then we find out he's part Sicilian. Mm-hmm. So to me, to me, what that was was like I'm I'm almost a hundred percent sure they hadn't thought that far in advance to his character, mm-hmm. right? But now you're taking something that I've found I've seen as a chink in, in his character, mm-hmm. and now you're trying to write it into the script to justify why this nigga's so fucking crazy. You understand right. what I'm saying? Right. And to me. It, that well, was, here's the problem. It's not the show. Right. That's the that's the writing. It's your mindset. <laughs> okay. Talk to me. See, your mindset is wrong. Okay. At the end of the day, it's entertainment. <laughs> oh, here we go. No. We See, you get right, though. Yeah, you get an emotion about the motherfucking show. <laughs> that's what we do, TK. Yeah. That's it's what we your do. mindset. Your mindset. You gotta change your mindset and know that it's entertainment and just go with the flow. If you go with the flow, I think that you'll understand it just a little better. I kind of like a white boy doing his thing like that, right. you know, um, because they you, remember if you put two black people together like that, it doesn't work. What mm-hmm. makes it good is because it is a white guy mm-hmm. and a black guy, a handsome black guy with ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy got swag, you know. If it's like when Biggie was live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all bitches was fucking with big niggas that was ugly but had paper. Right. Well, white guys now getting um, beautiful black women. Because of Tommy. Because of Tommy. So it has, it's, it's a beautiful effect that goes on mm-hmm. down the line. So Tommy's situation is beneficial in a lot of ways. Without him, that show doesn't go. It's like a combination from way back in the day. Without Michael Jackson, there's no Jackson 5. Right? Okay. Because they need the whole squad. Without Easy e there's no NWA. Right. Because with Easy, but without Dr. Dre, there's no NWA. They all need to be together as a team. Right. It's the same thing with Power. They all play a part. I can respect that. You know what I'm saying? They all play a part. I respect the, the thing archetype. that I do wish, I wish that they would stop Tasha fucking everybody. Right? Well, she's not, though. No, that bitch will fuck the elevator guy. <laughs> <laughs> Watch next year. You're going to see this bitch fucking with the elevator dude on the low. You know, I like the way you push the buttons up the floor. <laughs> the way you push 11, you, the way you push floor 11 is just something about you last week when I saw that. <laughs> this bitch fuck with the elevator guy, the attorneys. The yeah, yeah she'll be fucking the, the, the newspaper dudes the year after that the, on the corner. Like, yo, let's, let's get Tasha back to right. Um, Ghost only fuck one bitch. Right. Now I'm motherfucking Tasha uh, out stroking his ass. But, but listen, but listen, out of the one bitch in the world that he could have fucked, he fucked the absolute wrongest bitch, TK. But he was in love with her. And that's the problem that I'm trying to say yeah. about men. Okay. See, they get caught up in love and not think. So you young guys don't know who you're fucking. You got to think about who you're fucking. Mm-hmm. You got to say to yourself, is this person a liability or an asset? So you gotta see a, a woman with a fat ass, or she cute, but not you don't look down the field. Mm-hmm. I call it as a football player. You watch sports? I watch boxing, but okay. I know a little bit about football. Well, here's the thing about quarterbacks: a great quarterback sees everything on the field, mm-hmm. everything. And good example: you guys as kids, 1978, the San Francisco 49ers was playing the Dallas Cowboys okay. for the NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. And they show these 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 um, these things on like NFL games, film. Classics and stuff like that. A great quarterback sees everything. This is how I want you to look at your life. Mm-hmm. You just don't look for short yardage. You got to look down the field. Meaning, you got to look for the future. Joe Montana was in the huddle. They was losing, and Joe Montana said to his teammates, "Yo, did you see John Candy Candy in the stands?" You know who that John Candy is? Yeah, John Candy. My point is, they was in a championship game with a minute and something left, or probably less than that. This motherfucker said, did you see John Candy (laughs) in the stands? Like, basically, everybody is here. And they won the game. Mm. And that's my point about life. You have to be able to look down the field and everything you do, Mm. with your job, with your health, with the woman or man that you want to be with for the rest of your life, 
Those are things that you have to look at, and these are things that you have to apply. And if you do that, I guarantee you a, a, a great chance of success. Yeah. Guarantee it. That's real. Well, I wish I wish the writers of power would have had that foresight, right? With that same like looking yeah. down. The and field. I'm looking forward to see what's going to happen this year. Oh, I'm a, it's about to become a circus, TK. It's now cool. I think so. It's about no, no. See, that's the thing. No, now what you, you said about it being a, it might be a circus. It's about. To I start. think that I think if they don't do this right, yeah. They done. They done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This got to go right. Yeah. Because if they don't do it right, they are done. The last three minutes of season four was Bogus Fest 2015. I, I totally like, agree. It was completely crazy. I totally agree. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, they have to come with something that's going to really amaze us. Mm -hmm. Because those three together, it looks phenomenal. But see, again, looking down the field... What happens after you get rid of homeboy? Do they go back being enemies oh, again? Do what happens? See, and that's the thing. See, here's the thing. And just to revert it back to the wire, Marlo's mm -hmm. character, we saw Marlo. We saw the same sort of thing happen with Marlo. He comes in, he takes over the you know, Avon Barksdale territory. Everybody's like, yo, this nigga's in for it. He can't go against Stringer Bell. Stringer Bell gets taken out of the cap, you know, he gets taken out. Then um Oh, this nigga, he can't go against Omar. He going to die against Omar. The Omar get taken out by mm -hmm. the whole boy. I kind of feel like in season five, I really feel like I was trying to make an argument for this. I think Dre is the most dynamic character on that show. Okay. Because Dre is cold. He cold like Kanan. We didn't see him murder a few people. He has the like the 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 smarts and sort of like the intuition to be able to think and and kind of mm -hmm. see things the same way Ghost is. He's like mm -hmm. a mini Ghost, right? But he's like a more improved Ghost because I don't think he's as raw as Ghost. Like he's legitimately playing both sides of the field right now, mm -hmm. and he's doing it flawlessly. Which he played on, and that's why Tommy came in and said, "Yo, remember to us? And he said, "Yo, I can't believe that motherfucker played me." Yeah, but what you're saying makes sense, right? Yeah. But what makes more sense if they out trick you? And oh. that's what my point is. Right. What you're saying is absolutely right. Right, right, right. But if they can pull it off mm -hmm. and convince you that what they did was a phenomenal, mm -hmm. I'm, oh, I'm going to throw my motherfucking hands in the air and say, <laughs> oh, these motherfuckers are fucking phenomenal. Right, right. Because like, right. I really can't wait to see it next year. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch because I support black businesses, but not because, right. only because I'm investing. And then don't in forget, it, you know what I'm saying? There's so much happening there because mm -hmm. they still have to ghost. Mm. And remember, they brought the girl back, who's her ghost's voice. Oh yeah. So that got so that came back into play. Ghost is oh, done. Oh my man. god. Ghost is done. I just don't. He he don't got no play outside of Lorenz Tate. He can't maneuver around. And then you got to think about Lorenz Tate. Yeah, you got Lorenz Tate is a, a politician gangster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he can't he can't maneuver around it. You can't just kill him. You can't do no body damage. Yeah, it's, it's shit. so many angles to this. Now that you, I forgot about Lorenz yeah. Tate. That shit gonna be that, insane. That might have been the best thing they did last season was yes. sort of rolling his character. And Lorenz Tate is playing a gangster with a suit oh, and jacket straight on. up. Nah, he because when he told him, like you know, he explained to him how they was moving, yeah. like he kind of put fear yeah. in Ghost a little bit. Hands down, it sure did. Yeah. I, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch that show, but I'm gonna wait for your review. And if 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 you say it's good after this season, if it yes. goes well, you say it's supposed right. to go, then I'm, I How promise I'm gonna you? watch it. I'm 36. Oh yeah, you look younger than that. I do. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's yeah. my mama's fault. Yeah, it was a couple of years old. I was trying to holler at you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like your skin. You got a cute smile. You know, you got a nice neck you and make ankles. Me blush now. Look at her. Don't yeah. get You're the second person to tell me I have good ankles. Okay, can I can I focus on myself? <laughs> you know, I think when a man gives a woman a compliment, you got to keep that compliment to the man. I you can't share it with anybody else. I appreciate that. So I want to. What is it about ankles? Because I've I've heard that, but like, what what is that about? Like, I just threw it in there. It's really nothing. <laughs> well, it's nothing, right? You no, just, it's nothing. It was, it's you just know? that you were showing them, and I just looked down and just said, "You got <laughs> nice, you know, nothing." It was no strategic plan behind that. <laughs> I appreciate you know. your transparency, brother. You're welcome, know, sister. You're welcome. Well, you talk about you talk about not looking to age, man. I don't mean to put you on blast, but you already said it, man. You're 57. Man, yes. you, you look like you about three years older than me, bro. For what real, the, how old are you? I'm 35. Yeah, I can, you know I can take that. I take yeah, 37. you like I'm my older brother. We roll up in the club together. I'd be like, yeah, this is my older brother and shit. I don't think nobody would bet. They, you know, they I win bets all the time. Yeah. When I come out of country and people see my passport, mm -hmm. like this one lady, she stopped me and she was like, no, I don't believe that. And she had like about 15, 20 people come and look at my passport because they didn't believe it. But that's because I just eat pussy and use Noxzema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
See, if you no, young niggas start eating pussy, y'all, y'all look young too. You know what I'm saying? It's not a secret. Look, you know, you got to floss. You got to eat right. You got to eat, um, you know, um, uh, taco salads with the lettuce in it. <laughs> you take your girl shopping. To I give see her... what you did there, taco salad. Yeah, the you got to have taco salads. You got to eat your girl's pussy on a regular basis. Look, give her grapes. You, know, you guys don't give your girl grapes. Look at you. You're looking at me in shock. Hey, Bring your girl pineapple. You know, you know what pineapple does to a woman's pussy? Well, it makes it, it keeps it fresh and it makes it sweet yeah. and it purifies the pussy. Yeah, shout out to my wife. You, you know, know what I'm saying? saying? Yeah. So yeah, you gotta, yeah, yeah, always bring pineapples home. Yeah. Like, baby, you bring a pineapple <laughs> Farm first got to clear out the produce yeah, section. Yes, for, uh, I'm bringing pineapples. I'm bringing pineapples. That's baby. funny. The whole time, <laughs> the listeners can't see, but Martin pulled out his notepad when he said, uh, he said, <laughs> eat pussy and noxzema. <laughs> yeah, eat pussy and use noxzema and meditate, take a little yoga. Do you take yoga? Who? Me? I do. You do? Mm-hmm. Every man. To take, to take yoga. yoga, not just for the stretcher. Yeah. The women in there are so beautiful, <laughs> and the shit there. that they wear, <laughs> nigga. You got to have your mind. Like if you could really go in there and focus, mm-hmm. you the man. Yeah. But the way they be stretching, the girls be having their pussy all up in the world, <laughs> and you like, man, hey, I'm walking out of here. I can't take this shit. What's your favorite pose? Anything a girl got her ass up. Oh, Happy baby. Google that one. Which one? Happy baby. Happy baby. Oh, that sound That's the right. one you want. That man, right. man. That sound official. Uh, when I say the women look, look good in there, woo! <laughs> you gotta be strong, dog. You fuck around there. You know what? I'm gonna put that in my act tonight yeah. about me being. So I can make stuff up right on the spot right, right, about right. me being in a, a yoga class and they had to throw me out because I kept getting an erection. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So can we speak to women like what? Like you, you, you have an erection? Like, what the fuck you want me to do? You see these hoes the way they look in here? That's gonna be hilarious, y'all. That's funny. Yeah, so there. I had dick control, man, when you're going up in yoga. Um, so so talking about, so going back to the deuce, right? Pornography, mm-hmm. pimping, man. Um, you saw a little bit of what was yes, going on Yes, you should be there. playing it while we, while we oh, filming it. I can turn it back yeah, on. Yeah, turn it back on. Take it from the beginning. I want to see yeah. that. That was, a, that was hollow. I would like that. Jacking off in women's faces and shit. That's <laughs> all right. I was like, oh, HBO shit. HBO was 100% I couldn't raw. believe that was really happening. Like, yeah, they done took... They don't take it to a whole nother man, level. This this shows something crazy, man. But but I but I like it, Martin. What like do you feel like it's about the just do you do are we gonna see a full transition over into pornography for season two, do you think? I think it has to be because all the all the pimps, like of course Black Thought, his character's dead or whatever. Man, Method man. man, like he lost his bottom, bitch. The other dude, like, he might get locked up. And it's a good role. Yeah. Don't disrespect. It's good for Method Man. Oh, Because this is his series, right? Oh, Yeah, man. it's good for Method Man. He, like, this is a... He was born to play this role. Listen, he got a, he got a scene. I want to say it's at the end of episode three. Right. There's a character on the show, Maggie... What's Maggie Gyllenhaal's character's name? Is it Candy, show? I think? Yeah, Candy. Yeah. So, okay, so she's like a renegade prostitute, right? She don't right. got no pimp, right? So Method Man- That's all, the star of the show. She's, she's the yeah. star female okay. of the show. Right, and, right. and then James Franco is the star male of the show. Yes. So what happens is is that um, she don't got no pimp. So all the pimps are trying to run down on her and trying to right. get her to choose up. And uh, she doesn't choose up, but she has an incident where, what, did, did somebody die? Oh, uh, yeah. Somebody beats her and takes her money. And she's, like, out, out on the blade or whatever, like, right. with a black eye and stuff like that. And Method Man tries to, like, pick her up, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, he starts running down on her, TK. I'm talking about, he goes from, like, being real seductive, like, you know, bitch, you know, well, you know, not really calling her bitch, but, like, right. you know, Candy, you know, I could take care of you. You wouldn't have these incidents if you was with me, you know, like, right. you know, just being real smooth talk. Right. And then she kept, she started rejecting it more and more. Right. And he turned up on her, TK. He was like, well, listen, then, you, if you want to get smacked around and all, and all of this and all of that, you go ahead, you be a renegade bitch. You do what you got to do. You know, like, it, it was it was probably the best scene to me. It was the most realistic okay. scene in, this, in, okay. in, in, in the season because it was just, it was so... You know the thing about it is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally ingrained into the into the pimp culture, man. I got mm-hmm. a few partners, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. And, you know, and <clears throat> what you see in movies, and you know the whole portrayal of them and everything like that, it just doesn't seem like they anybody really does it. Just do. Everybody's like, you know, either they doping the bitches up or they smacking them around. Right. Yeah. But, but there's sometimes it seems like that there's like a really. Um, 
there's first of all, it's a real relationship mm-hmm. to some degree. You know, there's there, yeah, because some of these guys sleep with the women. I got know a couple of my homies in Vegas is pimps, but the hoes they got be ugly than the motherfucker. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, you pimping these ugly bitches and getting money? What right. the fuck, yo? No, niggas will pay for anything. Yo, man, it's sad. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's sad, yeah. yo. What the, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. What niggas sleep with? And right. that's the problem. You know, some women shouldn't even have children. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, for real. Like, bitch is ugly. I'm like, yo, bitch, who fucking you? <laughs> like, give me this nigga's number. <laughs> so, what's, so what's worse? Let me ask you. What's worse? Just fucking an ugly bitch or paying a fucking ugly bitch? All that shit is All that bad. shit is bad. Even though sometimes we end up fucking an ugly bitch. <laughs> right. Ugly bitch can have a cold body or something seductive about her. Real shit. And, and, and you, you, know, you just take one for the team. Right. Or she just make you feel so good. Because uh, when I talk about discipline... It's really hard. Mm. That's what men really need to have to be in a relationship because there's so many beautiful women in the world Mm. that um, women is a drug Mm. to most Mm. men. You know, it's like crack. And if you kick crack and then you just go to a spot where you still got more beautiful bitches, well, it's hard to... To give up, but then you understand how women can be a problem or a man can be a problem if they're not financially secure. Right. Then you're done. Mm. And that's what I mean. I just want guys that and women to have money so that when you do make mistakes, the transition mm. is smooth. You know, a lot of you guys get women pregnant and have, but you got to move back with your mother. Damn. Or you got to go down in the basement. Yeah, or you got to move in with somebody you don't like. That's not pimping. And then you got, no, you got, you, you, you got to fuck That's a struggle. That's a struggle. It sure is. Well, this thing now is you got a yeast infection. You got erectile dysfunction. All of that. There's just so many bad things what that can I happen. What you say? Then your pussy is what? What you say? It's, a, it's the dumpster? It's a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So what would you have, so what would you say is some attributes of a good pimp? You know what? I I wouldn't know what a good pimp would be. I just think being a pimp really is a horrible thing to be. Okay. Hmm. Because a pimp destroys females. You 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 know you you're using the credit. You're destroying her. You got her selling herself. And as a man, I'm I'm a man's man. Okay. So I'm really totally against being a pimp. And like I said, I have two girls right. who I love dearly. And I would hate for somebody to try to pimp them. I kill the motherfucker. Right. Okay. But my Real point shit. is, as a as a man. I would like men to be better men and not really pimp women. Right. I would like for men to... Uh, see, you can fuck a girl. You got two choices. You can fuck a girl destroyer, mm-hmm. or you can fuck a woman and motivate her. Right. I'd rather take dick and motivate a female cause, uh, and, and give her knowledge mm-hmm. because knowledge is a lot longer and thicker than dick. Mm-hmm. And, to, <laughs> and to teach a bitch to keep her credit right, to have a nice place to live, to travel the world, and teach how to fuck, suck dick, Fuck a nigga real good to be with a nigga for the rest of her life. Man, a girl see and send you a bottle of champagne and she balling. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want. You want respect. You see a girl you used to fuck and she know you with another, she know, you know you're on tour and she with another nigga uh-huh. and you just give her a toast. You just do this from the other side of the room. Hey, what's going on? You ain't got to see it. Like a lot of niggas in Hollywood that's married, uh-huh. half them, half these niggas I used to, used to fuck their wives. Oh, no. So I know that they, you know, they happily marry. Right. Because that shit that them niggas like, I probably torture a bitch how to do that. Oh, just true story. I, I, I go way back to in the 90s. Uh-huh. There's a lot of comedians and athletes who were married. That they girlfriends was my bitch back in the day. Oh, don't name no names. Yeah, I, oh, no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Anybody yeah. ever tell you thank you? No, all my girls always say thank you. No, I mean the niggas. Did any of the niggas ever say No, they don't know. Oh. Some don't know. I was sitting right next to you, and I used to date your girl back in the day. I won't say nothing to you. <laughs> you that's know, respect. I'm, yeah, that's respect. That's I'm not going to do that to you. You ever you ever, you ever, ever been on the other side of that, you think? I'm quite sure I have. Okay. Yeah, I'm quite sure I have. You, you'd rather not know about it, though? Yeah, but I can handle it, though. Okay. okay. Yeah, I can handle it. I, I understand the world. The thing about life is we everybody's always been fucked. Mm. By somebody else, right? You know, you just gotta understand. Like I tell men all the time, I even saying in my show, you guys always think it's your pussy when you're fucking her. Mm. You know, I tell guys, it's never your pussy; it's just your turn. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> shout out to Becca over here with the head nod. <laughs> yeah. like real shit. Uh, yeah, so it's real. just your turn, yo. Fuck that. That's so real. Well, real quick, so so we we talked a little bit earlier before we got on on the microphone about white famous, right? Right. So you, you said you never you never seen white. I famous, never watched, not watched the show, but now that you told me that Jamie Foxx is behind it, yeah. I might have to I might have to watch it. Listen, he got a ridiculously funny scene. He's he's only in so cameo wise, he's only in the first episode so far. Yes. Um, but his scenes in the first episode, and everybody that listens to the show knows that I got like a, I you know. 
I don't really think of Jamie Foxx as the best actor, but mm-hmm. I, but his that's scenes, putting it mildly though. It's putting it mildly. But he's, I kind of explain- someone you love to fucking hate. No, 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 because I don't hate him, and I explain this every time. Yeah, is that I, I hold him to a very high standard because I think he's a talented dude. So when it comes to impersonation, he's just telling the truth. Yeah, that's it. People get telling the truth Thank and hating you. mixed up. My brother, man. Mm-hmm. See, that's my older three year older brother right there. <laughs> yeah, when <laughs> I talk about Kevin Hart, I talk about how Kevin Hart is not that funny, but I love Kevin. Kevin's my man. Right. But when I said that on the Breakfast Club three years ago, oh nigga, I got I went viral. <laughs> but it also, it was yeah. also, it was amazing how people respected my word as a comedian. Like, oh, if TK is saying this, real shit, it got to be some real shit. Did you get a Kevin Hart phone call? No, I mean Kevin is cool. Okay, so yeah, he, Kevin them ain't gonna call me like that. Oh right, right. right. <laughs> he'd be like, yeah, hey, everything good. He hit yeah. you one of them shows. They're not gonna say nothing to me. Yeah, nah, like it, for those of you who can't see, he just yeah. made the face like she. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't gonna say nothing to me. <laughs> so, but white famous. It's a show that did you start watching it yet? Lisa? Yeah, I've been, I've been, I'm like four episodes in. What do you? I'm gonna start about? watching this scene. Please, it's it's good. Not gonna. Was, and I'm gonna start watching the deuce too because I need to start putting. That kind of stuff into my act. Into your act. To know to talk about it because a lot of other people are watching it. Yeah. Like tonight, since we're talking about, I, I will talk about power mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff in the wire. Talk about Tasha being a hoe. <laughs> yeah. kind of You're gonna get more laughs out of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm not saying you don't get enough already, mm-hmm. but when it, when they got the references, yeah, I think it makes it fun. Make sure that kind of movie critics gets sort of so, some sort of like liner note credit for some of your writing. Right, since, right, right. You no, know, I'm saying, no, I've always always said this stuff already. You just helping me to remember. To right. bring it into my app. Right, right. Yeah, this right. should have been written before you while you was born. Yeah, that's what Puffy <laughs> said. That's what Puffy says. So he don't have to stroke checks, man. See? But um But yeah, I've I've started watching it. So um full disclosure, like I know he's from, you know, the home team and the hometown and all of that good right. stuff. But I, I really I don't really jive with like Jay Farrell because I mean I don't like SNL in general. I yes. like when they do the black stuff, it's funny, but just to have him thrown into something, I can't really get mm-hmm. with it. Right. But um this gave me a new perspective on him. He is actually very funny on this show. The show is very smartly written. Okay. Yeah, and it and it and it's very cool. Did y'all get the episode four yet? Yeah. The dinner table episode? Yeah. Uh, I got halfway through it and I fell asleep. You know how I do. I have my narcoleptic ass, but man, that's that's not a setup for it though. He was fucking a bitch and then like she was like, "Oh, I'm married," and then like he had she sent him to her husband for a fucking yeah. deal, yo. But 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 you didn't see the dinner table scene. Nah, I fell asleep before oh, that. Oh, bro, that 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 was that episode sold me. Now I'm like totally into it because basically, well, set it up, Martin. You could probably set it up a little bit better. Oh, it's it's a lot of things happening. Okay, there's like the studio heads there with his wife, but Jay Farrow's fucking his wife. Right. But there's the producers there too with like a blow up doll that he's fucking. That looks like Pamela Adelon. Yeah, his homeboy is there like that he keeps there to like keep him in check or whatnot. And it just gets real crazy like um... What happened? Uh, well, first and foremost, the studio head, well, Michael Rappaport. Yeah, Michael Rappaport's got, there. He's kind of he's he's like Tarantino yeah, in a sense, yeah. Playing a wild, crazy director. Yeah. But they, so they, they're sitting around this dinner table, basically, like a Hollywood mm-hmm. get together. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of secrets just around the table. You got this weird guy that's fucking a blow up doll. Right. You know, then you got Jay Farrell who's sleeping with uh, the studio exec. His wife, who's his agent, mm-hmm. and then his agent at the table, who's trying, who's representing a YouTuber now. He's trying to fuck like a YouTuber female. But anyway, the conversation comes up around um, white people saying the word nigger. Mm-hmm. Oh God! You know what now, I'm saying? now I'm mad at myself for fucking falling asleep. That's why I was like, that was right up your alley. Like I, you fell asleep on the absolute wrong episode. Uh. So the 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 studio exec, he was the one who posed the question: When is it? You know, is it ever appropriate for a white guy to say the word nigger? When he's in a movie about slavery, playing a racist, sure. <laughs> but okay. Like, or, or or you know, in some scene where he's being depicted as a racist, sure, you can say nigga. Right, right. Well, they right. also ask the question: Is it all right for a director or a writer to write the word nigga? And if, it's if it's in context, I think so. So we've talked about this before. Like, I don't even even I'm not I'm not as rigid as people like to think. But like, even in the scenes in Pulp Fiction where Jimmy is saying nigga, like it's it's funny to me. It's right. meant to be ironic and he's 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 playing the white guy that thinks he's cool enough to say nigga and he's saying it in front of um Samuel L. Jackson who's like a bad motherfucker and he's checking everybody the whole movie, he's shooting niggas, but like in the moment he needs this white guy, this white guy can, you know what I mean, he can step out mm-hmm. of pocket or whatever. And or he that has other to let movie Jimmy Fox played the he played the horseman. 
Django. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was Django. hilarious. It was, yeah. but it, it, it's historical context, right. right? He's writing nigga into the script, and like even black people during slavery refer to each other as nigga. That's not something that we just started doing mm-hmm. with with the you know with hip hop. The thing that we got to do is change. Not worry about the word nigga no more. We got, you got to look at black people have changed and shit to be a positive. Like nigga now is really some fly shit to say. Right. Yeah. What up, nigga? <laughs> Right. You yeah. think? Do you, know you think saying? that's a bad thing? No, I think it's a good thing. Okay. You, think you know, we, like, we got to get see the past is the past. Okay, you know your history. We know it's slavery, but it's time to move the fuck on. It's time to get your hustle on, get your fucking paper right, stop complaining and being bitches about shit. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> what I'm hearing, a lot of niggas is bitches. You know, you're sensitive, you're emotional. Get past it. Get your motherfucking money. Take care of your family. Travel the world. Eat pussy and drink champagne. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, the motherfuckers is calling me nigga. The thing in life is respect, right? Because we all not gonna be able to get along, right? And that's just life. But you will respect me, mm-hmm. and that's all people want. And you keep as long as you respect me, don't touch me. You know, and long and, and, and long as you don't call me out of my name, I don't call you out of your name. We can go on live a happy motherfucking life. Right. But we gotta look at. Now we took something negative, which was the word nigger, and made it into some some fly shit from a street perspective. And that's the way I look at it. I ain't well, got time to be worrying about this stupid shit. Well, it's not it's not so much that I think it's negative. I think it belongs to us, and I think we should be able to keep it. That's really what it is. Everybody doesn't have access to everything, and it's one of those things like you don't get to Columbus this shit. We reclaimed it. We've made it something positive. Now you figure out your own shit on your fucking own. Mm-hmm. But in the sense of like the question that you asked, like, I'm not super sensitive about like them writing it. Like right. if it's funny and it works, like even um, Chris Lilly, I think that's his name, the Australian guy. Like he he was in fucking blackface, and I found a way to fucking laugh at it. At, at this, like you said, people. Well, are you're sensitive an intelligent woman, babe. When you're intelligent, you can see past things. You're intelligent, so you know it helps. But I mean, but you walk past me on the street, like that's a whole other fucking situation. <laughs> <laughs> she she mm-hmm. ratchet, TK. Don't 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 let her fool you. Oh no, it's cool. I can handle. <laughs> Jesus, I fucking hate you, Treasy. Yeah, I'm sorry. I keep throwing you under the bus. But go ahead and finish what you were saying. Nah, but and, and that, that's really how I look at it. I feel like if, you, if you're a product of the diaspora, you have access to that word, that's fine. But I just don't, I don't think that everybody, you know, necessarily has access to everything. There's a way that if you're in a certain culture, you can speak to each other because it's yours as a culture and some things are just not yours. But, you know, there's, there's a point where I can let it go. You know, we have cognitive dissonance and everything, but... I don't know. So what what was the outcome of the dinner scene? Because I fell asleep because I because I suck. But there was correct me if I'm wrong, Martin. There really wasn't an outcome. Well, Jay said nobody, no white person can use the N word either directing and writing or just saying it regular. Yeah, he did say that. So okay. And how did they process that? But in a sense, it's like he was having an outburst because he was reacting to something else. Right. Because the wife was going to say that she was fucking Jay at the dinner table. Why yeah, would she, she fucking do that? Because they, like, they're just crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. they were They were. Did getting she trying to get back at her husband? Yeah. Yeah, that's what was happening. Because oh, she... He, well, yeah, the uh, their old babysitter was there too, and he used to fuck, fuck her. the babysitter. Yeah. So she just is a calculating bitch. Yeah, yeah. shout yeah. out to her for having that chess game. Yeah. But but she, but she's a but she's a, apparently like a crazy ass agent. Like what, what, I'm I'm gonna tell you like why in terms of her being good at it. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, really I can good. I can like, pick up one because her husband's the see her husband's the head of a studio. So you know they you know if they keep shit on the even. Kind of like on a good kill, man. They can have like a little racket going on. You know, yeah. she represents them. He he employs them, and all the you money come back saying? to them. And all the money come to the family. Well, the, the thing with that show is that, and I heard you kind of say this. It, it puts you in a in a mindset of an entourage. It puts me in that mindset too, but it feels it feels different in the same at the same time. Like that's a it's a much blacker show. Yeah, very much, <laughs> and very and it's much. very black in terms of like nuance. It's not like it it doesn't come across as like black people that white people have written, right? Um, and I would say Entourage in some ways is a very black show too, in terms of like the cultural references and like the the crowd that they were catering to in terms of the way that it was written. Okay, and like soundtrack, soundtrack, and like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like what what was curated is cool is more like from our culture. Yeah. But like this show, like I like that he's like, um, I like that he's on the come up. Um, and I and I, I like the dynamic he has with his baby mother. All of right. that's really good. I like that they show him as a black father who's involved in his son's life. Yeah, like I like they father. show him as a balanced human being and not he's not a one dimensional character of just being his career. He's right. a whole person. Yeah, that that that's the part. Honestly, that's one of the biggest parts that made me really like the character is that, you know, he's this flourishing stand up comedian. 
there's a certain line that he won't cross. He has some sort of integrity about his comedy and his career. And then he's he's a very present father, even though, you know, him and, and, and the baby mother is are not on even keels. You know what I'm saying? But he's But even he, their relationship I fucking like. Like it's realistic as shit. Yeah. Like he he's in love with her. He can't have her. So he's like, well, I'm, I'm going to fuck bitches in the meantime. But right. when you act right, you come back and you holler at back. me. Yeah, and I love that she's not fucking sweating him because he got money now. Like, I love it. Right. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, too. Um, So from like a stand-up perspective, and we, back on UTK. Mm-hmm. So one of the, it, like the biggest issue in the episode that Jamie Foxx was in um was he he wanted Floyd Mooney, that's Jay Farrell's character, right? Uh-huh. He, want, he wanted him to be in this film. But part of being in the film was he had to wear a dress, uh-huh. you know. And apparently, I, I think Dave Chappelle might have been the first person I, he- I heard talk about this. When about, he was on Inside the Actors Studio, he brought it up. And I never thought about it either. Yeah, about about black comedians or black actors in general, especially when they're, you know, they're very alpha being, uh, what they call it, emasculated uh-huh. by wearing a dress. Uh-huh. Is that something that Hollywood tries to do? I don't know. You don't know? I'm a street nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the way most of them comedians think. You know? Right. And, and, and I'm a comedian, but I'm not a comedian. I don't hang with comedians. You know, we see each other. We show much each other respect. But I've always been a hustler. I always fuck with hustlers, OGs, um, street niggas, stick of kids, drug dealers, Real shit. politicians, all that type of shit. Comedy was just a hustle to me. But looking from the outside, I'm not gonna wear no dress. Right, okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm just talking about how I move. That's what I'm saying. You know, get but to. what people seem to understand when you and you when you believe everything you hear, every comic in the country can always say, "I'm not wearing no dress." Mm. So when you hear Dave Chappelle say, "Oh, I quit the job because they was gonna wear me a dress," then that, that's not a boss nigga. Right. A boss nigga will say, "Yo, uh, I'm gonna do a show, but I ain't wearing no motherfucking dress." They can't make you do nothing you don't want to do. Right, Remember sure. that. Don't get caught up in, oh, he said that he was going to do this. Then where's being a man at? Right. Real shit. You can't tell another motherfucking man he's doing, don't give a fuck if you pay me $50 million or not. Oh, we're going to cancel the show because I don't want to wear a dress? Ain't nobody that damn stupid. Mm-hmm. Get the motherfucker. I always tell you, man, get the paper, take care of your family, pray, and you keep moving. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody get, and I, I sit back and laugh at a lot of people because everybody worrying about the wrong damn thing. Right. Change your mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. So if a nigga want to wear a dress, nigga go and wear the motherfucking dress. dress. I'm not going to wear a dress because right. I'm in the streets too much. <laughs> I wear a dress, nigga see me in the street, nigga. Right. Niggas gonna Why find the fuck you. you had that dress on, TK? Because I'm in the street. <laughs> Them niggas ain't in the street like I'm in the street. So my, my world is different. Right. You know, I walk down the street of Baltimore without security and all that New Orleans. I don't, I don't need all that shit. Right. You know, and if you try to get me, you got to kill me. Cause I swear to God, when I come back, it's gonna it's gonna be trouble. It's gonna be trouble. You know, so everybody pretty much know my reputation. Right. I ain't trying to be no tough guy. I'm an AARP member. Uh, <laughs> really? yeah. That's no, that's some real shit. That's dope as a black man. Yeah, I'm one of the coldest. I'm in one of the coldest gangs in the history of man. And I want every man who's listening, even you mm-hmm. and you, and you ladies, I want y'all to join my gang. <laughs> it's AARP. <laughs> I want to join your gang. And let me tell you why I say that. Cause a lot of y'all ain't gonna make it. Mm. A lot of y'all yeah, ain't gonna live to be fifty something years real. old. That's real. We're just keeping one hundred. That's real. So my point is, if you can make that game, oh nigga, it's off the chain. It's off the chain. You know, it's off the chain. So let me ask you this: Do you think that that's like a, a a thing in terms of like people weren't really thinking about until Dave said it? Like, what do you think that it was a conversation that was had among certain people that they was like, yeah, they got all these niggas in these dresses. What the fuck? Or People after Dave said it had to really like step back and feel accountable because he said it. I don't know, honey. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> okay. I'm just keeping it real. Like I'm not even gonna take my energy and really try to figure that one out. <laughs> I wish them niggas the best. Get your money. So no dress for TK and no, no and the excuse of they paid me ten million, nigga. No, you back up. Yeah, ten million. I don't give a fuck what you give me. It's like, nigga, we gonna still do the show. Okay, but I ain't wearing no dress. <laughs> but I ain't wearing no dress. I got kids, yeah. nigga. I ain't wearing no motherfucking dress. Real shit. Okay. Um, where where do you want to see, or where do you hope this show goes, Martin? Where do you hope white uh, famous white goes? famous? Yeah. I I hope to see like I hope it's more like Entourage where there's a lot more um, cameos stuff like that. I don't really know where, and I definitely want to see like a lot more black comedians on it too. Mm. Especially maybe some flashback episodes really, really shows like his rise in L.A. and stuff like that in the black comedy scene could be like really interesting. Right. 
Do you do you think with you know obviously with his name being Floyd Mooney is kind of like a throwback to Paul Mooney? I would yeah, imagine. I think that's clearly like I think what they're referencing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you think they'll pull him in to be his father? He's sick. They could. He's yeah. sick. Oh, he's oh, he does. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so, yeah. No disrespect. I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. Okay. Damn, that's sad to hear, man. He's he's one of, the, one of the legends. Phenomenal. Man. Um. All right, man. Well. Uh, switching gears off of white famous man. Out of curiosity, did you did I read did I read it wrong? Did you ever make Def Comedy Jam? No, never did it. Never did. Like yeah. what was what was what did you think about that era when Def, Ch- Def I Comedy? I thought the shit was fabulous, but I did a special called Mo Funny. Ah, okay. At that time, mm-hmm. I, they, um, they compared me with the Richard Pryor's and Miles Mabley's, and I didn't want to do um, Def Jam. But what people need to know. There was two people that ran De- the Def Jam series. It was um, Bob Sumner and Tina Graham. Mm. These are people who went and discovered pretty much everybody. I was the first person that they came looking for because Def Jam was built around my style of comedy. Before anybody blew up, it was Def Jam. They, 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 they built it around me, but I turned it down. Mm. I didn't want to do it at the time. But me being a hustler and always being slick, I was comedians at the time was really, really poor. So I used to fly comedians around the country back in the day with through travel agencies, credit card fraud. I was always getting money. I was that nigga who always getting money. Oh, you was a so, scammer. Oh, uh, not a scammer. scammer. I was an opportunist. <laughs> <laughs> it's the difference. I'm an opportunist. Right, right. So I was right, hustling, right. getting money, and in travel agencies, I always knew what to say. So one day, um, I used Def Jam's name to get through this travel agency. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm a person with Def Jam. I need to book comedians. Blah blah blah. So I booked all these comedians, and it should hit the fan, but Def Jam name was used. Mm-hmm. So by the time it came to the next season, I wasn't able to do the show because Stan Latham, who was the director of Def Jam, right. was against me. But what, what actually was, I, it was never Def Jam. They thought I had used Russell Simmons' credit card. Right. That has been the myth for over 20-something years. Mm-hmm. But I never used um, Russell Simmons' credit card. But because of my mindset at that time, and because I was an NWA, I came up as a street hustler, I didn't really care what people thought. Right. I was just getting my money and mo- kept it moving. So um, just never wound up doing it. Never wound up doing yeah. it. Yeah, okay. so it, it's a, it's, it's, it goes back to how I created my own lane mm-hmm. now. Like I'm doing things the way I want to do it. Like I have my own label. You know, I work for myself. I don't have an agent. Mm-hmm. And I work pretty much more than everybody. Right. So I, I just do it on my own. You know, I have to, you know, same comedians who, my thing is like Mayweather. Okay. My Mayweather works for himself. Right. I work for myself. Mm. I ain't got to split my shit with nobody. Mm. I ain't got to give nobody 15% or nothing. Mm. I get it all. Put yourself on. Shout out to Boss Bags. Shout out to Boss Bags. But is it, I mean, obviously this is a, this is more of a rhetorical question because I know it's harder, right? It's, you got to do, because you got to do everything yourself, right? Yeah, you got to do everything yourself, but you got to be a businessman. Right, right. A lot of people are not businessmen. Mm. A lot of men are lazy. A lot of men want people to do shit for them. It's in my DNA. I get up at 4.30 in the morning. I roll and, and I keep it rolling. Right, but I mean, I mean more so because like if you have a label, that means you're looking or you you already have acquired more acts, right? I wanted to. You wanted, and to. I, I I fell back on that. I don't I don't want to do that no more. Okay, I'm just gonna focus on me. What what deterred you from that? Because a lot of people don't get it. They don't understand it. Okay. So I'm I've always been in a position. I, I hate to ask for people to do shit, mm. especially if you don't understand. So mm-hmm. you know what? Fuck it. Right. You know I'm I'm just gonna do me. Right. And I'm gonna do me. Okay. So basically, it's like it's one of those things where you know how to work yourself as an artist. Yes, exactly. So you you're just gonna continue on that path. And right. If somebody comes along that knows how to plug into that machine. Yes. You know, has the same work ethic, can sort of work the same circuits, maybe, right. and can work your machine. Then you'll maybe you'll consider it. Right. Okay. But right now, I'm just gonna do me. Is gonna it, do I'm me. at peace that way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Some. We kind of talked about uh, off mic as well. Um, cause I heard you talk about it on the Breakfast Club, and, and also Martin brought it to my attention mm-hmm. about the Dick Gregory. Yeah, um, I was gonna do him, and I was dealing with a gentleman who was gonna sign a deal, but I couldn't get him back on the phone. I can't find him. Oh. So again, I I talk about how I don't like chasing people. I don't like asking you for shit, and if you don't get it, you know what? Later, right. I'll I'll find another way to do what I need to do. Right, right. You know. So I'm I'm assuming you got a chance to meet the late. Yeah, I did a couple, did a couple shows with Mr. Dick Gregor. He loved me very dearly. I guess I was the same voice as his, right. and which a lot of people love. They're like, yo, TK, you know, you could be the voice of Dick Gregor, but 
I don't really want to take that lane. I just want to be who I am mm -hmm. as the years go by, build my name and my brand, and see what happens. Mm. You know, that's all. We'll see what happens in 10 years. That's real And shit. all that kind of stuff and see what the world thinks of me. That's real you know? shit. Because every year is getting better and better. Mm. So that's the thing. My goal is just stay healthy, look strong, and all that kind of stuff, you know, so... I'm good. Received in blessings. Yes, sir. Yeah. So real quick, man, at least you might feel me on this. For the longest time, I thought, I, you know, that scene in House Party mm -hmm. where the niggas was like, oh, yeah, give me some of that Dick Gregory. So for the longest time, I did you don't remember that? They used I to make it, it. They would I'm, make it like a, a like it. a metric shape. It was like like a weight right. loss shape. So right. for the so when so when I when I got older and I started hearing about his name in like the, the like the comedic comedic context or like Bahamian you, diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't it <laughs> That's was hard a bit for me. That a few people have done, yeah. Yeah, it was just hard for me to to, to even decipher that he he had been a comedian, you right. know. Like it you know, I'd heard his his name was in a bit in house yeah. party, you know. So that was my first introduction. In a, in to the Dick in the winter of his life though, he well, he's more like an activist like an too. Activist. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, when he first saw but, it. But it seems like he was that his entire career yeah. in yeah, comedy was. was like the kind do it for it. Yeah. But he just started becoming more of a Yeah, he started going back on the road. Yeah, uh -huh. and that's because of a young lady named Zoe. Zoe was his manager, okay. and me and her real cool. And Zoe just got him back on the road working, and that's how it, 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 that's how his situation blew. Gotcha. You know? And I really think him working so much is what killed him. I mm. think that if he didn't work as much as he was at his age, mm -hmm. he could have lived a little longer. Mm. But when you do all that flying and bacteria and different at that age mm -hmm. it's it it hard mm -hmm. yeah I know I, I got that makes total sense too just yeah. being in them cabins with that air circulating mm -hmm. and you're yeah, you older you really doing that shit in your 80s yeah, yeah that's crazy I got, a, I got a few friends that travel a lot and, and things like blood clots start right. to become issues right. you know what I'm saying yeah, you gotta work out you gotta meditate you gotta so many things you gotta do you gotta do when mm -hmm. you travel that shit does take a lot out take of you take a lot out of you so you know we, we hear a lot of these stories you have uh, I mean, it sounds like you have some sort of relationship with almost every comedian in the game yes. or, you know, peripherally or directly, right? Do you have any favorite, like, stand-up albums or, like... I never really listened to stand-up albums. Okay. Never have. I don't really listen to music that much. I, I'm just I'm just pretty much a different kind of dude. Yeah. You that know? is super different. So, yeah, so I'm like a super different dude. Pretty much all through school, you was probably the nigga that you didn't want to get into a joke session with. I was never really a comedian like that. Like what when people, <laughs> when people from my high school find out I'm a comedian, they are uh, totally. So I was quiet. Right. You know, I ran track, and I think if you was on the track team, you probably heard me say some things funny. Mm -hmm. I was funny around my family, but I wasn't a class clown. I was a straight A student. I was a businessman. I was like dressed to impress, suit tie, right. going to school. But you never saw me doing. If somebody would even said to me. Um, I was going to be a stand-up comedian. I would have laughed at him because right. that was belittled to me. I would have never thought about that. It's just something that happened. <laughs> so, it, it, well, then it makes me wonder, who did you see that made you say, no, I could do this shit? No, I told you. It was the fight was with the, Charlie the, Murphy. Was, and For some reason, that shit made me want to do stand-up comedy. I can't explain it, but that's yeah. the shit that changed it. Yeah, yeah, I think, man, I don't know. That yeah. shit just, it just happened. You, you but I wasn't thinking about stand I was embarrassed to tell my family I was doing stand-up comedy. Oh, really? That's how belittled stand-up comedy was to me. Because I was a college graduate, getting a degree and all that kind of shit. So, you know, to be a comedian, like, yeah. ugh. That's Where did you like, go to school? I went to Arizona State. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona State. Was it like a track scholarship? Track scholarship, yep, track scholarship. Ah, got it. Uh -huh. Makes sense. Yeah. Damn. Is that the same place Ice Cube went? He went to college in Arizona, right? I don't know where Maybe. Ice Cube went. Maybe. Uh-uh. Hmm, yeah. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah, you need to go and send him a text. Tell him to come on the show. Yeah, Ice Cube is my man. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you, if you see Ice Cube on Dick, um, Drink Champs and all that, mm -hmm. you know, he talks about me from time to time. We're good people. Oh, I missed that episode. Yeah, me and we see each other all the time. That's you know, good. we see each other. Like I said, they show mad love. Dre shows mad love. Yeah. So, um, you know. So with you starting off with NWA, man, what did you think about the Straight Outta Compton film? It was on point. It was on point. Yeah, that motherfucker was on point to the T. It was a couple of things they could have they could have put in, like more of me <laughs> in there. But Ice Cube did it his way, right, you know, right, from right. his perspective. And I thought it was interesting because he wasn't even on the whole tour, mm -hmm. you know. But mm -hmm. um, they did it right. I thought it was right. Mm -hmm. I think they should have did a scene where um, when we all took off, they had to land the plane because Dr. Dre had a radio on. Mm -hmm. This one had um, um, boom boxes. The boom boxes. Oh, mm -hmm. and it was fucking with the and signal. The, uh, um, the people had said that um, you have to turn 
your radio off. And Dre said, fuck you, bitch. And then 10 <laughs> minutes later, the plane was landing in Arizona, and they took they kicked us all off the plane. Oh, wow. And, we, and, and But Easy was so rich, he just bought more airline tickets and got us on another flight. That's gangster. Yep, sure did. And we went on tour, straight out of Compton. Yeah. Great, great, great year. Yeah, well, I'm glad they did. Do you feel like that movie set the bar for, like, rap films? Yeah, because nobody can do it. See, the thing what, what happens in Hollywood is that you got to be around the right people. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube was around the right people. Mm-hmm. They put a lot of money behind it. So anything that comes after that is going to be mediocre because they're not going to have the budget. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to have the, the director. The director does that. The director yeah, is the F. key. F. Gary Gray is that dude. F. Gary Gray is the yeah, man. So he, he he filmed that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Ice, that, that Straight Outta Compton movie mm-hmm. was done beautifully. Yo, I got a good little story about that, man. Around the time they were, they were shooting some of the scenes for Straight Outta Compton, we were doing this um, music video for an artist named Styley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You familiar with Styley? No, I'm not. I know you are, Martin, right? Yeah, it's like MMG. Yeah, MMG Styley. And so we were doing a video called Jack and Chevy's. Right. And the, and the song um, sampled Easy e the uh-huh. uh, Cruising Down the Street. Right. Line six, four, uh, Boys that, in the Hood. That Boys in the Hood joint, mm-hmm. right? It sampled that joint. So, um, you know, we were like, the, the label's like, let's shoot it in Compton. So right. we went and shot it in Compton. And you know, you know, I, I'm not. I'm from the East Coast, man. right? You know what I'm saying. I've been to Cali maybe ten times in my life. Mm-hmm. Never been. This is my first time going to Compton, right? And when I when I was telling people I was going to Compton, everybody was like, "Yo, who you gonna be with? Who you gonna, you know, <laughs> right. like uh-huh. you need a liaison." So our liaison in Compton is actually this girl named Polly. You might know her. It's Suge Knight's niece. Mm-hmm. You know, she was our liaison. So I'm, you know, when we get into Compton. And she's like, well, well, come, you know, come meet me on such and such street. Right. And it was a street that her grandmother lived on, and they were shooting a, some a scene out of Straight Outta Compton. Right. You know what I'm saying? She was there, and it was just a great experience, man. I saw um the, the uh, Clay uh, Sloan Bone, I think it's right the, the Bone. Dude uh-huh. He's the man. He got one of my favorite documentaries, man. Um, um. Uh, Bastards of the Party. Right. That's that an joint? amazing no, documentary. Oh, that's an amazing documentary, bro. It kind of talks about it talks about how like. Um, the evolution of street gangs, right? The or like, and the Crips, yeah, well, specifically, yeah. How the evolution of street gangs sort of gangs sort of kind of came out of um, the Black Panther, the Black movement. Panther Party movements and stuff like that. Like you know, Cointel Pro, all that shit. Kind of, it kind of put a divide and gave a sense of misdirection to all that to all that rebellious energy mm-hmm. and and just how the the powers that be kind of just curved it and turned it. And it became like the Bloods and the Crips, but he gives a lot of historical context. Okay. Have you seen it, Martin? Nah, I still haven't seen it. Oh yeah, I, I think it's an it, HBO yeah. joint. Antoine it Fuqua is. was behind it. Okay. okay. Yeah. So he produced it, and then Bone directed it. Okay. So you know, I saw Bone there. He was nice and healthy, and then here maybe like a week or two weeks later, he was one of the people that got hit in the, you know, when Suge did that. Right. Well, he was Suge's ass. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, that's what it was. He didn't get hurt. Oh, he okay. beat Suge up. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, he sure okay. did. I, I thought they said he was one of the ones that got hit. No, 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 no. The other kid got hit. You okay. know, because Suge was trying to get out of there. He ran over the nigga that was in the car with him. Right. He oh. ran that nigga. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I'm talking about all the stars that were up there. I'm because you know you saw I saw Cube there. I saw Dre there. I saw Ever Gary Gray there. You know, you see the cat. It, they were shooting. I'm gonna tell you exactly the scene they were shooting. The scene where when uh, Dr. Dre gets kicked out of his house right. and he's taking the crates to the right. car, they right. were shooting that scene. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So they had, you know, the actors were there and everything like that that were playing in those parts. Out of everybody who was out there, I was the most excited to see Bone. Right. Because of that documentary. Right. So I stopped Yeah, him. he was there security. That's why he was there. Yeah, oh, hands down. And that's what I realized. Right. That, yo, yo, Cali is sneaky. Yeah. And I'll tell you why Cali is sneaky. See, we not, you, we not the hoods we used to is like, you know, the projects. Right. You like... You can clearly see, oh, this is the motherfucking hood. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Not there. No. Mm-hmm. That shit is nice. It was like, a nice yo. Neighborhood. Nice neighborhood, right. Yeah. Man. And niggas be like, yo, don't don't get caught out. And you like, what? Two story houses right. and that's nice so, green isn't lawns that crazy, and shit? yo. It's weird. That is bro. weird. That's like in that's like in New Orleans too. You know you in the hood. Right. When you're in New Orleans. Yeah, fucking yeah. right you do. <laughs> right. You know you in the hood. They don't take but a hop, skip and a jump to get there, but right. you know, like, this is not where I need to be. Right, New, exactly. New Orleans might be New Orleans and LA are probably the two only two places I've ever been in where I've legitimately been scared. Yeah, New Orleans New Orleans will get you more scared than California it though. Will. It has like a certain feel it to it. It has a certain feel it's, to it. And so I, true. I never went I never went pre Katrina. Yeah. But I'm talking post Katrina. It yeah. just feels a certain way. That's so way, true. I think bro. it's because our ancestors 
and okay. slave trade and all that shit. I think that's what that is. I think it's yeah. their energy over yeah, the city. Yeah, I think that's that's. The, I think that's what that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it, it's good to know that I, that's not like just me feeling. Yeah, I feel the same thing. It's the feeling. Yeah, same, same thing. I don't, I don't, I don't know that I was like necessarily afraid there, but there's definitely an energy in the city. Yeah, there's definitely mm-hmm. an energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely can feel it. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful city, though. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Beautiful Especially go city. get your oysters at Acme. Oysters at Acme. Okay. Never had oysters at Acme? No. Oh, next time you go down, get the char- Choco Grill oysters. Uh huh. You'll oh, be a fan. That sounds crazy. I was, I was, I was up in that Willie's Chicken spot, nigga. Like that chicken was no, crazy. No, go down there for the oysters, bro. Oysters, okay. It, your life. it tripped me out that you could just, uh, you know, we got, um, what do they call them drinks, man? The, like the drinks that they- The hand grenade. No, not the daiquiris. hand- Daiquiris. Yeah, use like any kind of like daiquiris. They got like drive through daiquiri spots mm-hmm. and shit like that. That's what I'm like, like, how am I driving to get a drink? Hello. <laughs> I'm like, she ain't even checking ID. This is crazy. I said, like, I see they get lit down in New Orleans. Fucking right there. But, um- that's what's speaking of New Orleans and uh and, and and rap films, man. I'm looking forward to that Master P one. They said, you know, Master P saying he trying he putting together a biopic about no. We've been talking about. It. I don't think it's gonna happen. You don't think it's gonna happen? No, I think he was just talking shit. I could see that, mm-hmm. but I gotta say, out of out of out of all the eras in music that I would love to see a movie about, that nigga Master P just because of because, one because I know he got to be the mo- one of the most gangster niggas in the music industry. That's mm-hmm. number one. Shit. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, just hearing some of the stories about people he crossed paths with, like, you know, Tupac, it just, he fits right into that world. Mm-hmm. First but of nobody all- nobody crossed that nigga. Yeah. And case in point, the fact that Snoop Dogg, for him to be able to get Snoop Dogg off of death row yeah. onto his label, I think that speaks volumes. That's gangster, y'all. That speaks and volumes. And still did not cross that bridge. That's crazy, man. So I- so, I, I really hope it happens. If, if you're saying you mm-hmm. think it's, it's shit, I, I hope it really does I might happen. I'd be a fly on the wall for that fucking conversation. Yeah, you know? that, nah, it's probably a little too gangster. That, too much gangster energy yeah. for me. Nobody crossed that road. Because mm-hmm. you, when, you, when you go south to New Orleans, mm-hmm. them niggas will kill you. Yeah, well, we know. Like, well, like, like Baton Rouge and shit like <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, like mm-hmm. they for real down there, brother. Yeah. Yeah, they for real down there yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah. Especially Master P had that kind of money, too. Yeah. And them niggas down there was hungry and poor. Yeah. And they got alligators down there. So, you know, that... They eat that, your ass, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they get rid of you quick. They you, nobody never know So, what everybody, I have to get ready to go. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because I have uh, um, two shows tonight. Oh, yes. Yeah, so and I'm buzzing a little bit. And I have to make some errands. Mm. And then rest. And then get ready for a phenomenal show. That's good. And I would like for you guys, if you can, to attend. Okay. You know, what time your flight leaves, baby? Uh, six out of Richmond, so I got, I'm like leaving oh, out of here. Yeah, she got a stroll. You got your clothes with you now? Mm, I might live around the corner, but they oh, packed you're up. The mm-hmm. Oh, you gangster with it? Okay. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Virginia, right. we call that train to go. I'm trained to go. She trained to go. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. So it's, yes, I got to run. Well, give me but, your socials uh, before you leave. Your so on social my social media. security. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, your AARP your plug, number. Yo, everybody, I I I I want to thank first thank you guys for having me. Thank you for coming. I appreciate it. And like, if you really want to follow me, follow me on Instagram at tk underscore Kirkland, K-I-R-K-L-A-N-D. Um, please get the comedy album of the year, Who Raised You, on iTunes, Tidal, Spotify. I think you're going to love it. Um, make sure you listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. um, the T.K. Kirkland Show, executive producer, always showing love, Charlemagne the Guy. Hey. Um, get ready for the new album next year and book mm. called oh. Gangsta Conversation. Okay, now. That's going to be off the chain. Trust me, you're going to truly, truly love it. We're about to change the game. On that note, it was a pleasure. I wish everybody true success and may your pain be champagne. Hey. T to the motherfucker K that hey. was in the building. Gangster shit, man. All right. I'm oh. gonna take this water. Thank you for the peanuts and the alcohol and the Hennessy. <laughs> yeah, man. I need you guys to sign this bottle for me. We oh, for sure. We're gonna and grab we the we grab the pen. And and real quick, you can find us on the podcast at Kinda Movie Critics. Follow us on Instagram. And and say it one more time. Kinda, kinda movie critics. Kinda music. No, no, movie critics. Kinda movie critics. Yeah, critics. Kinda okay. movie critics. Like we kinda are, but we kinda not. You know, okay. sort of that's kind of funny. Kinda movie. It's kind of yeah. funny, right? That is kind of funny. kind of some gangster shit. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. Yeah, I need y'all to sign this for me. Got you. All right. You, you can find God us on guys. Instagram at Kind of Movie Critics, Facebook at Kind of Movie Critics, and Twitter at Kind of Movie Crits. And uh, remember, we call ourselves Kind of Movie Critics because we kind of are and we're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people that like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.